0: So, if you don't know me, my name's Rob. I'm the associate pastor here. Uh, That means that every Sunday morning, I get to lead two services in this room called Contemporary Worship. There's one at 9:45 and one at 11. And my role here as associate pastor, I guess, has been for the last three years. Before that, I was a student minister. Uh, I was some of y'all's student minister. Uh, Yeah, way back in the day. Yeah. So, uh, me and Britton were a team for a while. I guess maybe three years. I got to be a part of the. The team that recruited him to be here and before britain existed it was just me Uh, i was student minister here uh i guess five years before there was two of us uh so britain asked me to talk tonight whenever i get the opportunity to talk to you guys i love it uh i was the youth minister for a really long time i believe in you flat out uh i believe in you i think that when you decide to do something it will be done no matter how great, no matter how powerful the thing it is that you're going against, you can do it. So I love to get to hang out with you. I love to get to uh, study, God, study God's word together. So he asked me to come. I, s- I said, yeah, of course. And then uh, the passage that we're going to look at is in Colossians chapter 1. The thing that he asked me to talk about specifically was some vision things, like vision about greenhouse. That makes sense, right? So uh, 10 years ago, really this month, greenhouse started. Uh, I was the one that started it. It was, if you are, come to our church on Sunday mornings in the 7th in the and 8th grade uh, gathering space, that last one on the left, that's where Greenhouse started. There were a total of 16 of us, 7th grade through 12th grade. God's been doing some work since then. It's been good stuff. So what we're going to read about tonight is really this kind of last that there's three overall relationships that we have talked about in student ministry for at least the last 10 years. We're going to mention two of them, and then we're going to really focus in on one, right? So I'll highlight it uh, when we get to it, and then we'll, we'll come in there. Okay? So verse 3 of chapter 1. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, because we've heard of your faith in Christ Jesus. That's your first relationship, your relationship with God. Whatever we do in Greenhouse, all the things we do in Greenhouse are about your relationship with God. Whether you're not a Christian yet or you are a Christian. How to help you grow in your relationship with God. How to help you know what to do and how to do it. Keep reading. Because, you're, because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all the saints. That's our second relationship. That's how you guys love each other. As the body of Christ. Case just talked about it. As we are a family this is how we are vulnerable with one another, how we allow people to hold us accountable, how we trust each other. It's, it's love. It's hard. It's a choice. So, relationship with God, relationship with each other, and then you keep reading. The faith and love that spring from the hope that is stored up for you in heaven and that you've already heard about in the word of truth, the gospel that's come to you. All over the world, this gospel is bearing fruit and growing, just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and understood God's grace in all its truth. You learned it from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf, and who also told us of your love in the Spirit. The last big relationship that everything we do points to is our, my, your relationship with people who are not yet Christians. It's the evangelism part of what we do. Uh... So we're going to focus on that last part, but realizing that you can't really do evangelism without uh, having a relationship with God, and you can't really do evangelism unless you're a part of a church family that is on board with you and that you get to do life with and that you're helping and they're helping you. So this last part, though, this going in the world, it, it sounds like a tricky thing, but I'm here to tell you that the people sitting in this room before you and the people that are sitting in here now have done a remarkable job of sharing the gospel. Let's talk stories. Stories are fun for me. Uh, I I don't share stories about people unless I have their permission in advance, because, you know, you wouldn't want to embarrass anybody. Though I will share a story and make up a fictitious name, and then I don't feel bad about it anymore. Okay? So I need a girl name. Give me... Sarah Lou. Lou. All right, Sarah Lou it is. All right, so... uh, Let's let's say that Sarah Lou is in our student ministry. Uh, This is a true story. This actually happened. Sarah Lou dominated when it came to inviting people to come to Greenhouse, when it came to inviting people to come to our church and be a part of our church. She more than dominated. If she came in in a particular week and she did not have a new friend with her or at least four or five of her other friends that she'd already invited, that means something was wrong. She was killing it awesome, incredible at it. She intentionally, all your little circles that we just played with, right? Do you realize that those can represent all the different circles of relationships you have in your life? So you go to your first period of class, and you know everybody in that, in that classroom setting. And then uh, at lunch, you have these people that you sit at, and it's a different group of people. And then you have a team that you practice at, and it's different from either one of those people, although some of them might overlap a little bit. You have all these circles of relationships that are everywhere. And in every single one of those circles, you have the opportunity to talk about Jesus, to invite people to come and hear about Jesus here. All right, so... Back to Sarah Lou. Sarah Lou, uh, was that her name? Sarah Lou? Sarah Lou, good. Uh, So Sarah Lou invited, uh, I need a boy name. (laughs) Sarah Lou and Bubba. Man, you're quick on the draw, man. we got to go. All right, so you gotta be faster. You gotta be faster. Okay, so Sarah Lou has invited lots of people and Sarah Lou invited Bubba in particular. Bubba came and here's what happens in Greenhouse because I think it's important for you to know and have a realistic expectation of what you're asking people when you ask them to come. Right? Because when you walk in a room, this room, for the first time, and there's somewhere between 150 and 200 teenagers in the same room already, it's a little bit overwhelming. So you should know. The first time someone came, first time Bubba came, uh, he got here and he was really pumped about being here because the music was awesome. Isn't our band awesome? But thank you, good. Because the music was awesome and they played some, some game, right? And it was a silly game and somebody had to eat something weird and then they had to do some other kind of relay thing or, or they were in a small group and you talked about questions and, and whatever it was, he's like, man, that was just fun. And I got to meet a whole bunch of new people that I've never met before and I, I got to hang out with people that you know, I, I already know but I don't know very well. And if we're honest, there's some cute girls there. I mean, you know, that's real. It happens both ways. Over the years, over the years for girls, they have be like, man, there's some nice guys. And guys are like, hey, there's some nice girls. It's just part of life. It's what it is. So Bubba's like, I mean, I'm coming back. You don't have to invite me next week, Sarah Lou. I- I'm just coming. And so he begins to come, and he did come for weeks. So the first week he's kind of overwhelmed and kind of figuring out what's up. And he had Sarah Lou that was there to kind of show him how things were working and what he should do and not do and what group to go to and all those kind of things. Great, fantastic. Second week he knows what to do. Third week, man, he's just got it. Man, I, I'm making my own friends. I know what's happening. Then they they really in this initial time, our guests, the people who come, when they get to the part where Britain speaks or JJ speaks or I speak, they kind of listen at first and then they kind of tune out too because they don't know about preaching. They don't know about studying the Bible. It's pretty overwhelming. Very overwhelming. But what happens is that because the experience that we've created here is so awesome, and because we love each other so well, they see that and they said, I gotta, I mean, I gotta do this. This is incredible. I'm in. So they come to three weeks, four weeks, and it goes one month, then two months. And and then you know what happens is there's that gospel that keeps on being shared every single week. Have you noticed that every single week we talk about the gospel in some way? If there's a Christian in the room, sometimes when we start talking about the gospel, you get the zoned out look in your eye. You know what I'm talking about. Like, oh, yeah, I mean, well, here we go again. This is Jesus was perfect, and, you know, he took on our sin, and he died, and he rose from the dead. And if I believe in him, I'll not perish. I'll get to be with God in heaven. And you just kind of think that. I don't need to... I don't need to Pay attention to this part. But here's what Sarah Lou would do. Literally. When I would get to that part, or Britain would get to that part, where they start start talking about the gospel, literally she would pray for all of the people that she had invited who were in the room. That she knew were not yet Christians. It's pretty powerful. So, Bubba, after about two months, stops just coming to hear the music and see the people he starts coming because he wants to hear what the Bible says. You give him one more month, and then Bubba becomes a Christian. This room, these people, us, we get to do that. This past year, uh, Britain showed me some of y'all's success stories, right? So from the past year, I think there was uh, six salvations that happened in this room over the last year because Sarah Lou or you were inviting friends to come and they came and they heard the gospel and they said yes. And the eternity of those six people is changed forever. We had nine more people who went on camps with us, retreats with us, Right, and those people after they had been in greenhouse, some and then went in the camps retreats. What happens on camps retreats is that we've already planted the seed of the gospel, and then it's like watering it a whole bunch. And retreat is a biblical concept because Jesus tells us we need to go away and be by ourselves sometimes. So when we do that, we we seclude ourselves away from everyone else and we focus on God. Amazing thing happens. We listen. Nine more people over this last year have gotten saved from us in retreat setting. That's fifteen students. In this year. Now, I also know that from your statistics, right, from the ways that we've asked things, uh, there were some uh, 42 of you who were actively asking people to come. Actively inviting people to hear the gospel. We know that there were 99 new peoples and they've never set foot on Mount Zion before this year. Here's your question. This passage talks about how the church in Colossae, that's what Colossians comes from, had heard the gospel from Epaphras. Can you show me some concentric circles? See if they're going to come up here. Vision, yep. Concentric circles, very good. Let's imagine that circle at the top is uh, Paul. Paul's the one that's writing this letter. Okay. And Paul is friends with Epaphras. He's the circle on the right. Okay, so you see how those two worlds come in together? Does that make sense to you? Okay, but then Epaphras, you see that he has some other worlds, other friendships that Paul does not have. You, everybody got that? So here's what actually happened in Colossae. Paul shared the gospel with Epaphras, and then Epaphras went down to Colossae and shared the gospel with all those people, and then a new church started. Literally. So the verse says um, all over the world, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing just as it's been doing among you since the day you heard it and understood God's grace and all its truth. You learned it from Epaphras. It's a literal name. It's like this guy is the reason that you know about Jesus, this man. Here's a fun question. If this was written about your life, could your name be there? Just as it's been doing among you since the day you heard it and understood God's grace and all its truth. You learned it from Rob. Is that us? Man, in lots of ways it is. Could we do better? Maybe. All right, so we've got the concentric circles. Let's imagine that uh, uh, Sue, no, what's her name? Sarah Lou, it's really hard. Sarah Lou has invited Bubba, and Bubba's gotten saved, and he's, he's good. He's growing. He's doing great things. Do you know what Bubba does? He invites his friends, which are different than Sarah Lou's, and you get a whole other group of people that are represented. And then they start coming, and they start hearing about the gospel, and then that happens with that same group of five or six or however many people. They go out, and they do the same thing. And then all of a sudden, it's not one person sharing the gospel anymore. It's all hundred jillion of us doing it. But there's sometimes when Sarah Lou shares, and I need another girl name that's hypothetical. Alicia. Alicia. Great. Quick. All right, so she shared it with Alicia. And Alicia starts coming for the same reason everybody else. And she comes for weeks and then months and then years. And she's not a Christian. Remember, this is not a hypothetical story. This is real from the people that have sat in this room. Alicia came for years from middle school until way deep into high school. She didn't become a Christian until she was an upperclassman, until very close when she was going to graduate. It's possible that some of you in the room right now get frustrated with some of the friends that you've invited because Um, They either say no or they say yes. And then they come here and then they don't accept the gospel immediately. And you're you're like, dude, why don't you just, obviously you need to do something. Let's do this. That's not how it works. The Holy Spirit convicts us. And then we, all of us, get to say whether or not we're going to listen. We get to say whether or not we're going to obey. Whether or not we're going to trust. We're not in charge of them. I'm not in charge of Alicia or Bubba. I am in charge of sharing the gospel with them, of using the relationships that I have inside my circle to go to somebody else's circle to keep going out. All right, so Alicia took longer, years. Here's the other thing. If you have a friend who's coming and been coming for years, but you know he's not a Christian, don't give up. Alicia had a friend crew of probably, I don't know, half a dozen legit girls. Like, legit, they were doing their best to obey God, and they were on top of it, sharing the gospel with her regularly, answering all the questions that they could. It was awesome and really hard. So Bubba, let's go back to him. He's accepted the gospel and then he goes out and and he's starting to share with other people and you're thinking teenagers in your mind. And you're right, that's a lot of his friends. But it turns out that we know that a lot of our students who come to faith, right, who become Christians, their families are not Christians. Their brothers and sisters and their parents are not Christians. For some of you, that's your story in the the room right now. It's like I'm talking to you. Your family is not a Christian and you know it. And so you've become a Christian and your whole life has been changed and your perspective on what matters has been changed and you have been transformed and the people that you love the most in the world are not yet Christians. And you're heartbroken. Heartbroken. And you pray your guts out for them all the time. Bubba prayed for his family regularly. And guess what? They came to Christ. They became Christians too. The fact that you're a student doesn't mean that you don't have a voice in the life of your family. Bubba's life was so transformed that his parents asked, What is going on with you, dude? We don't understand. I've become a Christian. That's just a church you go to to have fun with your friends. No, no, I've become a Christian. And I want you to come. No, I'm not coming to that. That's, that's not for me. But he kept on and they did come. Some of you have family who are not Christians. Please, don't give up. Keep on praying for them. Because God uses you to be a light in their life. And they hear it from you in a way that's so much stronger than anything I would ever say. It's your relationships that you've already invested and poured yourself into. Don't give up. Keep praying. Keep taking every opportunity to invite them to be a part of this. Okay, great. So this gospel thing, we've talked about how we get to be the Epaphrases. We've talked about how, uh, how it's a part of family life too, that we're reaching out to friends and to family. And then there's this last part. All over the world, this gospel is bearing fruit and growing. Right now, literally right this second, as we sit on these floors, we have four students, four, uh, three students and one adult, all of which came through Greenhouse. That are now serving in an international country. They're not in the states. Literally from where you guys sit. We have seven more. That are spread out across the United States. In six different states. They're sharing the gospel. We have One more that's in the state of Alabama that's in a different city. We have three more that are in Huntsville that are doing work inside the city of Huntsville. Right now, as we speak, the gospel that has transformed their lives is transforming literally the world. I got an email today from one of those girls that's uh, in the Philippines, right? And she is doing incredible stuff. And she's talking about how she gets to share the gospel and, and how people walk up to her. And they've never heard the story of Jesus before. And they don't understand grace. And how is it not a works-oriented? I can't earn salvation. No, but there's this verse and it tells you about how to become a Christian. And they read it and they're like, I'm in. Let's do it. Where, how do we do this? It's us. That's us. The gospel that has transformed us keeps on transforming. It keeps on doing incredible things. It keeps on saving people. We ask our college students... We really hope, uh, expect is really not the right word, although it is, it's, it's a hopeful expectation that during college, they'll go on mission somewhere. They understand that at some point during their summers. That's because it's really their last summer before they have to go in adult world and they don't get vacation anymore. And, and it doesn't really matter if you're gonna be a missionary or a minister or a teacher or a, or a doctor or a lawyer or an engineer or whatever it is, you can be on mission with God and have that radically transform your perspective for the rest of your life. So you should make plans for that now. But it's not just that. It's understanding how we can be a part of this gospel movement around the world. In our own backyard. The the men and women that have gone before you have planted seeds. Have watered them have helped them grow, have reached a harvest. You are doing the same thing. The vision of Greenhouse is that we keep on reaching out. We keep on loving people. We keep on telling them who Jesus is and why it matters. And the eternities and lives of people change as they listen to the Spirit's conviction and decide to obey. There's people in this room right now who would say my life has been changed as a result. The power that we have to simply love and offer salvation is unbelievable and real. You can do it. It's not smoke. That's real because I've seen you do it. So my... Hope my vision for greenhouse coming down right is that we would keep on being the evangelistic light in this area That we would keep on sharing the gospel that we would keep on having an impact all around the world Throughout the rest of our life because we know that wherever we go And there's this percentage that we know in student ministry It's a random thing but somewhere between 10 and 20 percent of the people who come through our student ministry Are going to come back to huntsville and be in our church That means 80 to 90% will go off to college or in the army or wherever it is, and then they'll go and be in whatever job that they're in, in a different city. And those people are dominating exactly where they are. And the imprint of the gospel and of the kingdom is on them. And the seeds that have been watered in this place are producing a harvest somewhere else as they invest in other people. This time that we get to have every single week, helping us us understand who God is and how to follow him, helping us understand how to love each other, helping us understand how to share the light of God in the world, and inviting our friends to be a part of it, is one of, one of the best opportunities you have every single week. I hope that we all don't take it for granted, that we all appreciate it, that we all have the vision of how we can be used, continue to be used in the days ahead. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for uh, this thing called greenhouse, uh, for the way that you have used it over these last 10 years to uh, help students grow closer to God. I thank you for the way that you're using each of these young men and women in the room to transform our society, our community. And you are. God, I pray that you would give them a burden from you to reach their friends and their families. To go where the gospel is not. To share your light and your love anywhere and everywhere they can. Father, we pray this, trusting you and loving you. In the name of Jesus, amen. J-Day's coming. He's got some announcements for you guys.